We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up? Welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast. The Oklahoma City Thunder open up their road trip uh, in Houston on Martin Luther King Day and get quite a crazy win over the Houston Rockets, finishing the game 112-107. to uh, It was the first time playing in Houston or playing against Houston since Oklahoma City uh for lack of better terms, murdered the Rockets in Russell Westbrook's return to Oklahoma City. Uh, it was also CP3's second time playing back in Houston since the famous Russell Westbrook-Chris Paul trade this summer. Uh, coming into this game, Oklahoma City was already pretty banged up. Uh, Nader is out. Ferg is out for personal reasons, which we still haven't gotten much more intel on what the personal reasons were. Uh, Nerlens was a late scratch. And then Steven Adams, actually, about 90 seconds into the game, uh, was body slammed by Clint Capella and would not return. Uh, Still waiting on a timeline on when he may come back to play uh, for Oklahoma City. Uh, A couple things beforehand. Um, The Oklahoma City Thunder coming into this game were 6-0 on the season when Chris Paul scores 25 points or more. Um, Obviously, if you watched the game at all or looked at any kind of recaps, He did that in the first half. He had 27 in the first half. Um, Looking at the beginning of the game, though, uh, Lou Dort got the start, the first of his career, which is kind of rare to see a guy that's still on a two-way contract to get a start. Uh, He started at shooting guard over Hamadou Diallo, which was a bit surprising to some. Uh, Houston went on an 18-2 run late in the first quarter into the second Uh, Although Harden did struggle uh, during that time, starting one for six, 
Houston found themselves up 25-22 to after the first quarter, um, even after Oklahoma City started the game off pretty strong. Uh, and then going into the second quarter, things got a bit interesting as Steven Adams was obviously out. Muscala um, had played some center minutes. You started to see Burton play the center position at six foot five. And while that's kind of cool to see a small ball lineup like that, you've got to think at some point um, Capella would start to feast on that. But he, he really didn't. Oklahoma City did a really good job uh, defending Capella. I mean, he had a solid night, but it wasn't anything that was uh, a game changer by any means. Obviously, Oklahoma City ended up uh, on top in this game. The one thing it did change, though, not having a true center on the roster tonight was offensive rebounding. You know, 13 minutes into the game, Houston already had six offensive rebounds. Uh, They were getting a lot of good second chance looks, which was killing the Thunder early. Uh, Luckily, they ended up kind of tidying up in that department started getting those defensive rebounds they needed to, and it was all good on that front. But, you know, midway through the second, Chris Paul, that's when he really started catching fire. He had six straight makes, which netted 11 straight points for Oklahoma City in a matter of just a few minutes. Uh, He actually at one point had 18 of Oklahoma City's first 36 points, uh, which is kind of impressive. You know, you're halfway through the second quarter. And Chris Paul has exactly half of the team's points. He's normally a guy that's a bit passive to start games, and he really starts to turn it on late. And here over the past week or so, we've really started to see Chris Paul start to take over games early rather than late. So it's a bit different than we've seen from him. Not going to complain when a guy like him can can get hot early. It's definitely not something to complain about. Um, Back on Lou Dort... Um, he tweaked his wrist on an and one uh, in the second quarter. Um, that got him up to six points. I didn't see anything that looked like that wrist was giving him issues. I'm curious to see if uh, later this week that comes up at all, um, if, he, if he has any rest days or, or, or injury days because of that wrist. But uh, he came down pretty hard on that and one on his wrist. Uh, His offense was great tonight. His defense was great tonight. I'll touch more on that later. But he played a big role in guarding James Harden, which is more than likely the reason he got the start over Hamadou Diallo. So speaking of Harden, midway through the second quarter, he's 3 of 13, not looking great. It almost seems like he's carrying over from that last game in Oklahoma City and Russ's return where he shot dismal from the field. Uh, So after going 3 of 13, he did start to cook a bit, uh, making some of those threes, getting those fouls, those foul calls that he always gets, you know, earning it from the line. Um, And and once he started cooking, it led to an 11-2 run for Houston. Uh, Oklahoma City had just tied it up after Chris Paul went on his little run. Um, Chris Paul goes to the bench right away. They go on that 11-2 run, and look, here comes Chris Paul back into the game. Billy Donovan decides he can't sit Chris much longer, so he throws him right back out there after that couple minutes while Houston goes on that run. And he actually brought them back. Uh, He comes in, scores seven straight, continues the hot streak, brings Oklahoma City within two points. He's got 25 at that point. Um, Gallo has a charge towards the end of the half. Houston starts to to do some things, and at halftime, Oklahoma City finds themselves down seven. All things considered, you know, that's that's not a bad place to be in. 
Um, they were down 64 to 57. Something that kind of stuck out to me, uh, even being down seven and a half, Chris Paul was actually uh, a positive 12 in the, the plus minus category. That just goes to show you that a guy like Chris Paul, um, his veteran leadership, his, his ability on the floor can really keep you in games. If, if Chris Paul's a plus 12 and the team's down seven, that just goes to show uh, without a guy like Chris, that game would have gotten ugly early. Oklahoma City could have been down, uh, for all we know, 20 at half. Um, at halftime, Harden has 18. Russ has 16. Uh, they both finished the game right around 30. Harden had 29. Russ had 32. So pretty balanced scoring attacks from them. They had, you know, Solid first halves. Harden didn't have a great second half. A lot of that goes to Lou Dort playing defense uh, on Harden. But overall, the two guys you expect to do a majority of the scoring for Houston did do the scoring. I think Oklahoma City did a great job of shutting down the other guys and making sure that um, the other contributing players weren't the ones killing them down the stretch. Uh, So the third quarter comes around. P.J. Tucker uh, fires up a three. Houston goes up 10 early in the third. Um, but luckily Capella picks up his fifth foul with 10 minutes and 17 seconds left in the third, which wasn't necessarily a pivotal point in the game. Houston would go on to have a a really good third quarter, or maybe Oklahoma city just had a really bad third quarter. Um, but Capella didn't play in the third quarter a whole lot, uh, picking up that fifth foul helped Oklahoma city a lot overall with, with a guy like Burton playing the five, Uh, Both teams had to play small ball. You saw Tucker at the five. So it it was pretty evenly matched across the board. Both teams playing that small ball style. Uh, Oklahoma City, though, like I mentioned, even with Capella out, had a horrible third quarter. They scored a whopping 14 points in that entire quarter. They found themselves down uh, 87-71 at the end of the third. Um, So not ideal, but going into the fourth, Things really started to turn around. Uh, Oklahoma City had four quick points in about the first minute of the fourth quarter, and from there they just kind of chipped away. You know, they pulled in, pulled within nine points with about uh, nine and a half minutes left in the game. Uh, and then Chris Paul gets a technical foul. You start to wonder, is this going to be a turning point in the wrong direction for the team? Uh, but it wasn't. It, it was kind of back and forth for the next few minutes throughout the fourth. The Rockets did start to pull away a bit. They were up about 14 or 15 points. And then Oklahoma City went on a major run uh, behind guys like Danilo Gallinari, who started getting hot. Uh, they went on a 13-0 run to bring it within two points. And Oklahoma City finds themselves down 100-98. to uh, From there, Harden does get one of those ticky-tack fouls that he always does. Although I will say the refs did a great job. Uh, of not calling those kind of fouls down the stretch. I think that was big in the Thunder's comeback. A lot of times it's hard to come back on a team like Houston, even when they're shooting poorly, um, because you'll make a run. Harden will get some ticky-tack three-pointer called uh, a foul. He'll get three free throws, or he'll drive the lane, get a ticky-tack foul, two free throws. And that's that's really that's really tough to continue a run when a guy like that is is getting to the line, stopping play, slowing down your run, all that kind of stuff. So So props to the refs for calling a good game down the stretch, um, not giving Harden those calls that he's used to. Um, 
Gallo, speaking of him during that run, he had a huge three to tie it at 101. Uh, again, Houston led by 17 at one point. So Oklahoma City comes storming back. Uh, from there, I just kind of want to read the, the back and forth of what happened at that point um, after it was tied at 101. SGA hits a free throw, uh, puts the Thunder up one. Russell Westbrook comes storming back do- down, hits a jumper, putting the Rockets back up one. Russ has a transition layup right after that to put them up three. And right when it looks like Houston's going to start surging, Dennis Schroeder, who had a really, really nice second half, uh, comes down, hits a layup, brings the Thunder back within one. Lou Dort picks up a huge charge on Harden. Um, Very next play down, Harden uh, gets the ball stolen away from him. Schroeder tips it away to Diallo. He, he dumps it off to SGA. SGA slams it home. Thunder up one at that point. So that's that, that, that was a big moment in the game. When you can draw a foul on Harden, a, a charge on Harden, next play down, rip the ball from him, and score an easy transition layup, uh, that's huge. Harden's a guy that in those moments is normally going to be the guy that, that puts the game away and, and kind of ends your comeback. But Oklahoma City's defense stepped up, had two big plays on Harden in a row, and, and really turned the game around at that point. Um, from there, Westbrook comes down, misses an uncontested layup. Uh, Schroeder rebounds the ball. He's fouled. Luckily, Oklahoma City's in the bonus. Schroeder makes both free throws, putting Oklahoma City up three with 55 seconds left. Harden comes down at that point, makes a layup. It's once again a one-point game. Oklahoma City's up. Schroeder comes down. Matches it, hits a nice little jumper to make it a three-point game with 24 seconds left. And then we saw the Russell Westbrook that we were so accustomed to seeing for so many years. He comes down, um, decides that it's going to be his shot to tie the game down three, dribbles around, wastes a lot of time, um, takes a really, really bad contested fadeaway corner three uh, with about 11 seconds left. Um Thunder rebound, SGA gets fouled, and he makes uh, both free throws to go up five. Um, Overall, you know, Oklahoma City was trailing by 15 with about seven minutes left in the fourth, and they closed the game on a 27-7 run. Um, Again, combination of defense, not letting a guy like Harding get hot, Um, relying on Russell Westbrook to, to kind of shoot that bad shot at the end, which... You know, I see a lot of people slandering Russ for that shot, saying, man, that's that's what we saw for so many years in Oklahoma City. I'm indifferent on that topic. You know, it's, it's easy to remember the bad. Russell Westbrook did have a ton of bad shots like that in Oklahoma City. But he had just as many, if not more, shots that you were like, wow, what a horrible shot, and it goes in. So um, Houston fans, I'm sure they're feeling a bit indifferent on on that rush shot, some may think that's a horrible shot. Some, you know, may live with that knowing full and well that Russ is capable of making some of those. But, but nonetheless, uh, Oklahoma City will take that any any given night. Uh, that contested Russell Westbrook three in the corner fading away to get the rebound and secure the win. Um, some overall notes I just wanted to point out here. Oklahoma City missed a lot of good looks. You know, they were down by quite a bit and... Just looking at the box score, it might look like Oklahoma City just wasn't generating good shots. Their assist numbers were actually really, really low compared to Houston tonight. 
So it may look like they didn't share the ball, weren't getting good looks, but they really were. They were getting a lot of open threes that they were missing, um, a lot of jumpers and layups that I thought were good shots that just weren't falling. Uh, the late, the, those shots continue to fall. This team had no quit in them. They continued to, to ride the wave and, and another big-time comeback win from this team. Lou Dort, defense was exceptional. You've got to think that that here soon he gets signed to a full-time contract. Again, it's very, very rare for a two-way guy to come in, no matter how many guys are injured, to go in and start a game uh, at 19 years old in your very first NBA start, being asked to guard James Harden. Um, you know, we've seen him guard Harden. We've seen him guard Lillard. He's a very, very versatile defender. And with a guy like Andre Robertson still not coming back from that injury, you've got to think that Lou Dort uh, does get signed to a full-time contract here soon. Um, and again, it's impressive that he started over Diallo. Diallo's a guy that, that, you know, Billy Donovan and the rest of the staff are really, really high on. It's just situationally, when you've got a guy like Harden out there, you're going to sacrifice starting a guy like Diallo to plug in Dort and ask him to guard Harden, which he did a great job. Um, Harden, Harden is kind of cold from deep. Um, in his last uh, 36 attempts uh, over the past three or four games, he's 4 of 32, which is horrible. So he's, he's in a slump. The Thunder took advantage of it. Um, n- not to take away from Lou Dort, but... but Overall, Harden continues his cold streak from deep, and the Thunder capitalize. Another thing, and I've mentioned this a couple times, Harden didn't didn't get the foul calls down the stretch, which is something he heavily relies on. So again, props to the refs for that. Um, and overall, the 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 Rockets were horrible from deep. Not just James Harden. James Harden, they were twenty percent from three tonight. Anytime the Rockets shoot twenty percent you've got a good chance, which almost makes you think, wow, how is Oklahoma City so far behind when a team like the Rockets that are, are live and die by the three shoot 20%? Um, it all comes down to that 14-point third quarter that allowed Houston to get out ahead. Uh, so again, props to the Thunder squad for uh, not giving up, not quitting, and rallying back. Last thing I want to touch on uh, before looking at the upcoming week Russell Westbrook finally gets his last triple-double against the last team in the NBA that he hadn't done it against. He had two chances already this season, hadn't gotten it so far tonight. He finally gets his triple-double, which is kind of strange. It was in a loss, you know, in Oklahoma City when he got triple-doubles. It tended to be in a win. You know, the, the Thunder's win percentage with Russell Westbrook Triple doubling was was very, very good over the course of his career in Oklahoma City. He finishes with 32, 11 rebounds, and 12 assists. Pretty impressive. Shot 16 for 24 from the floor. That's 66%. Um, only shot one free throw, which is something else that kind of stood out to me for a guy that attacks the basket and, and really played bully ball the whole game. He didn't get a lot of foul calls. Only shot one three. That's something that's been you know, an issue for him in the past, always being a volume three-point shooter when he really shouldn't be. Only one three-point attempt tonight. I thought Russell Westbrook had a great game, um, regardless of that that shot at the end that is, is so controversial right now. He had a very efficient game. Second time in a row he'd done that against Oklahoma City. I, I, I think I like the fit in Houston. A lot of people are starting to say it doesn't work. 
Obviously, the Houston Rockets aren't playing great right now. They've fallen all the way to sixth in the Western Conference. I think it's more of a a matter of having no bench. Uh, they don't really have any guys outside of Gordon who really gives them any bench production. So I think it's more of, of a personnel thing overall than it is a Russell Westbrook-James Harden fit. But, you know, with the national media, they want a story, so they're going to blame it on, on the Harden and Russ uh, Westbrook duo. So looking at the upcoming schedule, last thing I'll touch on here, between now and the trade deadline on February 6th, the Oklahoma City Thunder only have seven games. They've got at the Magic, Hawks at home, at the Timberwolves, Mavericks at home, at the Kings, at the Suns, and got the Cavs at home to round it up. So if you look at these seven games... There's really only one game that sticks out, one team that is really a playoff threat right now. I guess you can consider the Magic uh, a playoff team in the East, but that's six of your next seven games where you're playing some of the bottom feeders. If, even, if, even if Oklahoma City slips up and loses one of those games and they finish out the season or finish out before the trade deadline five and two, that's going to put them you know, roughly eight or nine games above 500. I don't know what that does with Presti's mindset on being a buyer or seller, but I think if you look back historically, a lot of the teams that were sellers, very few of them were probably eight or nine games above 500. Normally, those are the teams that are going to be buyers. It's just such a unique situation Oklahoma City's in. You know, coming into the season, thinking this would be a rebuilding year, thinking that everyone was going to get shipped off, uh, that wasn't part of the long term plan. And up to this point, this team is gelling. They fit great. They've got chemistry. They love playing with one another. You can see it on their faces when they play, you know, smiling, high-fiving after games. So it's going to be very, very interesting. I'm, I'm kind of in the boat where they won't be a buyer or a seller. And we talked about this on, on last night's group pod, but I don't see why the Thunder couldn't just switch the timeline, right? If you... You trade a guy like Gallo, trade a guy like Schroeder, trade a guy like Steven Adams. In return, you could get guys, and this is just completely hypothetical, guys like Kevin Knox, Aaron Gordon, Dennis Smith Jr., you know, guys like that that are still young but also produce would probably be the route I would go if I was Presty because at that point, you're still going to stay competitive, right? You're trading for guys that produce. All of those guys when healthy, in the right situations, have proven that there can be good NBA players. So you trade some of the, the higher quality assets currently playing in Oklahoma City for guys like that, you're not going to taper off much when it comes to your production. You're still going to win games. You may not be as good as you are right now. Obviously, chemistry is going to flip, um, bringing new guys in. But at that point, you've really changed the landscape of the rebuild you bring in young guys that fit the timeline of this three, four, five-year rebuild, and you get younger while you're doing it. So that's that's kind of the direction I would go if I was Presti, obviously. Uh, Presti has a mind of his own. He's a magician. He, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Presti traded three or four guys away, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he just stood pat, looked to you know, extend sign-and-trade Gallo this summer, trade Schroeder this summer, Hold on to Adams. It's, it's going to be very, very interesting. But 
Keep in mind, with, with how good they're playing right now and with the easy schedule down the stretch leading up to the trade deadline, things are going to get very, very interesting. Will they be a buyer? Will they be a seller? Will they just adjust their timeline? I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, we'll have, of course, trade deadline pods. Follow the account at the underscore uncontested on Twitter. We'll have our thoughts. A bunch of trade stuff coming up. It's just about two weeks away. Um, so until then, uh, enjoy the rest of your night after this Rockets win and thunder up.